Welcome to the Europe is Coming podcast, taking you inside the minds of Europe's best CrossFit athletes and the people behind them. Hey everyone, welcome back to Europe is Coming. My name is Vicky McLeod. This episode, I speak to Jacqueline Dahlstrom. Jack competed at the 2021 CrossFit Games, finishing 17th. Jacqueline, who's originally from Norway, now lives on the island of Mallorca in Spain. We talk about her early years as a pony-mad teenager, her studies as an engineer, her switch to professional sportswoman, her struggles, her injuries and her triumphs. This episode was recorded on Jack's actual birthday, a couple of weeks before she went on to place third at the Madrid CrossFit Championships. As this episode is released, she and her training partner, Gabriela Magawa, are in Texas in the US, preparing for the Rogue Invitational. So good luck to both of them for the coming weekend. And let's get started with the birthday girl. Happy birthday, Jacqueline Dillstrom. Thank you very much. It's actually today. It is. What have you been doing? I had a lazy morning. Got coffee and breakfast. And coffee in breakfast. <laughs> coffee in bed. Um, with presents. Just had a chill morning. It was quite nice. It's, breakfast outside. It's fallen on a Thursday, which is the International Day of Rest. For us it is, yes. yes. So that's perfect timing. Mm. So we're going to talk today about uh, your career in CrossFit. Okay. Up to this point. Yeah. And then the future. <laughs> John thought it was a really good idea to talk about uh, the future on the day of a girl's 30th birthday. And I, I don't know if that's really the best move, but we're going to have a go. Yeah. So tell me about your sporting background. Where did you, what did you do when you were growing up? What was the things you were into? Um, so this is a question everyone asks when you do CrossFit, what you do before CrossFit. Mm. Um, I wouldn't say I didn't do anything, but I was into uh, horse riding. Uh, so I did show jumping. And I basically I more or less grew up in the stables. Like I probably started when I was like eight, nine. Uh, eventually got my own pony. I sold him when I was 16. So from I was about nine to 16, I was spent most of my days in the stables, basically. So I didn't do any sports as such. Mm. Uh, it's hard work having a horse, but there was no like... It's not cardio-based, is it? It's like the strength, for it's, sure. Yeah, but, the, but then there's like, since I didn't... Um, I'm not from like a very wealthy family. In the beginning, what I had to do is I had to work in the stables. And there was a riding school. And I remember I would be running for hours in the sand, you know, like yeah. next to the horse. So whilst riding isn't necessarily a cardio sport, I do actually think I did get some of the foundation still mm. from it. Because like just looking back now, it's like, how did I go for hours on an end running around in circles in sand? In resistance in, as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, with next to the horse. So I did do that. And, you know, like every time we got more hay, you know, you were throwing the hay bars up. So I got a lot of like kind of physical work uh, because I had to work in the stables. It wasn't like um, I just got a horse mm. and you could come and just ride that yeah. horse and then leave again. Yeah. Like, you know, most <laughs> more well, kind of upper people. class, wealthier people uh, <laughs> get to do it. So I do think I got like a strength and conditioning foundation from the riding. You know, there's no kind of like sport finesse, like the eye-hand coordination you get from from playing like handball, for example, mm. or the, the body control you would have for, from doing gymnastics. What about competitive spirit, though? Did you compete with your horse? I did compete. 
So if you kind of go back, back again, my parents did try to put me into other sports as well. So I did do handball for a period. I did do football for a period. I am super competitive. I could see you as a footballer, actually. Yeah, but the thing is, like, I was not good at all, but I was quick and I had good conditioning. Mm. So I would always get, like, I would get to the, I would, I would, like, people wouldn't be able to catch me when we were running, for example. But, you know, I had no coordination. So, like, I would never manage to make a goal anyways because I didn't, you know, I hadn't spent enough time yeah. getting the finesse in. Um, and I just get, like, honestly, it's like that team experience of like it's not just a me but you have to rely on others and mm. I just got so frustrated didn't like with that. It. well yeah I look back now I think it would be really good because I think you learn a lot of good qualities of having to cooperate like that um but I never got forced to do it and at the time I was playing football I also had the horse I didn't actually have that much time mm. so it wasn't like yeah no I just like no I don't like doing this and then I just went back to just uh, just the horse riding. You and the horse. Mm. What was his name? Um, Gambler was, was the horse I had. Mm. And what kind? Of, um, I'm a bit of a horse nerd, mm. so tell me a bit about what what kind of what height were you jumping? What kind of competition level did you get to? As I didn't compete, I didn't get very far as such. Um, it's, it's a different thing. It's but different I was I was jumping. Yeah, I was jumping a meter with and he was a pony, um, which is big for a pony. Uh, high level mm. pony. It's it's I think what's most kind of if you if you jump for like a certain amount of years, that's kind yeah. of what you expect to do. Uh, but he was a very nice pony. I was very unlucky. He got injured um, not long after I got him. So actually, the first almost a year just went into like rehabilitation and getting him back on. Uh, that being said, I actually think that was very good for me as a rider. Um, because then I got to ride a lot of other different horses. Mm. So even though I didn't get to compete him, um, the, the lady that was my coach at the time, and she was also kind of running the stables, she gave me one of the school horses to kind of have as my own. So I got to train with him and like, I did some competitions, but not a lot, but I, I did get to ride a lot anyways. And then everyone around in the stables, like, you know, going on holiday, can I look after my horse? Mm. Type thing. So I, that summer I ended up riding like five horses a day. Uh, so you're a hard worker. <laughs> I, 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 did, I did work hard that summer. So that's when my horse was injured. And I think people kind of felt a bit like, you know, sorry for me in a way that I couldn't ride my horse. Mm -hmm. So they were just like every time they went away. And it was a favor to them as well. But then also something I really enjoyed doing. So it was kind yeah. of like yeah, a win-win situation. Um, so yeah, point being, I think for me as a rider, I think I grew a lot in that time. Mm -hmm. But it was obviously a year that I could have been competing with him. Um, yeah. A lot more. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. But did you, so you, did you grow out of horses? Did you go into something? So what was the, why did you decide to stop riding? Um, I think it's, so in, in Norway, it's like when you're 16, you have to change to a horse. Or I can still ride my pony, but I don't have to ride and like compete against the mm -hmm. other horses. Uh, so it was, it was like a combination of kind of outgrowing the pony. Uh, in my head, I was always going to buy a new horse. Uh, but then... It, it's about finances. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, just my, my mom and, and dad, not just not having the money anymore, basically to buy the horse. They are very expensive yeah. creatures. Mm. Ridiculous. So I think if, you know, if, uh, again, if I was from like a wealthy family and I would have gotten a horse, I probably would have continued because I did enjoy it a lot. But, but you never considered it as a, considered it as a career. No, 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 I didn't. I, I didn't get to that point. And again, we didn't have the, 
the money to to support that and such. It's just like even just getting because we didn't have uh, uh, our own trailer. So even just getting around, oh, I was always yeah. depending on others to get around. And I was very lucky. That was before I got my own pony. I just rented a pony. Uh, but then I was very lucky that one of the other um, pony dads, can you say it like that? <laughs> kind of took me under his wing pony a bit. Parents. Yeah, pony took me under his wing. So it was like me and her, uh, uh, his daughter yeah. basically took us around. So they had the spot and that spot kind of became mine. For, That's great. For, yeah. You lucky girl. Yeah, I was lucky, very lucky yeah. like that. But now I think I've, I've been speaking, like I've gotten back into riding again, mm. actually, after moving here. And I'd, I am pretty sure that after I'm done with like being a competitive cross athlete, that I would just look at getting my own horse. Yeah. I'd like to do that again. Um, if not my own, just at least rent a horse. Well, it's great that you it. found your way back to it. Mm. Is a, I really, really enjoy it. It is a great way to relax as well as long as you don't get too frustrated <laughs> yeah I think I realized that I actually used that to cope like as a coping mechanism through a lot when I was growing up I like kind of had my safe space in the stables uh and I think I do think it helped me a lot actually I think a lot of girls would say the same actually yeah, yeah. well it is mostly girls that get into horse riding but weirdly a lot of when you look at competitive competitive riders it's a lot, of, a lot of guys yeah I think it's just a bit to do with the fear as well <laughs> it's yeah. just like jumping those heights you need to be a bit fearless and mm. like just go for it and then obviously with any sport it's like females you get to a point where you you know you want to have kids and then you should not be competing at that level when you're pregnant so no. then you have to take like a year yeah. off and then all of a sudden you're starting to think of the consequences a bit more of you know what you're doing yeah if you have an injury or something happens. yeah if yes. you have like a bad fall because just like the speed and the power that's required to jumping those heights mm. If something goes wrong, it can go really wrong. So, yeah. So, what was your what was your career plan when you when you'd finished school? What was <laughs> what was your what were you actually going huh. to go and do? What were you going to study? So, I studied engineering. Really? Got, yeah, 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 yeah. I got a bachelor degree in uh, environmental physics. Um, so, just growing up, I was always quite good in like maths and physics. Yeah. Um, I think it's just one of those things that you kind of understand and if you understand mm. it, it's quite easy. Uh, so I kind of had a mind for that without saying that I'm like, you know, super smart or anything, but I found like that the basic maths and, and physics is very easy and also interesting. It kind of then just made sense to kind of follow that that route. I was also actually for a period very considering going to, to Sweden to like and study uh, part. what do you say? It's like kind of osteopathy, not, but we just call it uh, something else. Like Bodywork. Yeah, like, yeah, it's not chiropractic, but it's like a mix of everything. But then I fell back uh, back into the engineering. So my thinking was I was going to get my master's degree and I was going to work as an engineer. I was going to have like, you know, buy a house, have a family, live a safe, oh. safe, happy life. <laughs> and now here I am, turned 30. <laughs> I don't have either of those. I'm living a very... Um, different life though I would say as probably yeah. a lot of people that would you know I'm experiencing uh, experiencing a lot but I was thinking I was thinking like the other day like you know you're 30 years old and you're kind of pursuing this like athlete career like you do when you're 16 mm. <laughs> you know yeah and I was like oh shit what am I doing well that's a good <laughs> question though isn't it <laughs> so when did you come when did you start to get involved with CrossFit what, what was your first meet experience with CrossFit? Uh, CrossFit gym it, it was a, a coincidence I'd, I um yeah I, I actually competed in body fitness uh, twice uh just because you know it was very in 
Can what I end the win? What's it's body like, fitness? Ah, come on. So you go on this stage and you're full of fake tan. Oh, and you're okay. Like, yeah. Bodybuilding. Yeah. Really? Yes. How did you get on? I did quite well, actually. Oh, yeah, because yeah. you can show me some poses later. Uh, yeah, let's see. <laughs> yeah, I can't no? imagine you wearing heels. They wear no? heels and no, sparkly no, no. bikini. I did, I did quite well. I did quite well, actually. Okay. Uh, but that was just about like he was a bit in the wind at that time. There was yeah. a lot of people doing it. It was yeah. a lot like, you know, it's so hard to get in shape, blah, blah, it blah. And hard. I was like, yeah. But then I was also part of me was like, you know, it can't be that hard. So I wanted to see if I. <laughs> you know if I could do it and then it was also quite nice to just have something to work towards because mm. at that time I was just going to that just to normal gym anyways I did that for two years you know it's fascinating to see what you can do with your body but at the same time like I like training for the performance part of the training mm. not I didn't want to like you know I got I got some feedback here now you need to be careful with deadlifting and squatting because your midline might might get too wide oh. and I was like this is not what I'm doing it at all like it's I like to get stronger and fitter yeah uh, so I kind of just did it to see mainly just to see if I was stubborn enough which you know I shouldn't have had to test because I know that I'm stubborn so I should have realized <laughs> that, that <laughs> shouldn't have needed that to prove it but anyways so I, I I got to like the point where like you know this is getting boring it's you know you're kind of doing that like two split of like in the gym and then a rest mm. day and I was doing some like intervals and the treadmill, treadmill and stuff like that but it was getting it's not that challenging because you kind of like you you learn how to squat and then obviously you want to get stronger but it's not the same anyways um so it's just by coincidence they actually opened the CrossFit gym more or less next door to where I was training and the owner of the gym was training at the same gym as I was training at whilst he was getting the the CrossFit gym ready so he just uh, kind of convinced us to come and try so I did come and try it out. And in the beginning, I, I would use it as my cardio training. So I'm still going to the, to the fitness gym. Uh, they managed to convince me to do the open in 2014. Uh, and then I've been doing CrossFit for like a couple of months. I couldn't even do double on this. I remember I did, you know, when you do that single double, single double. Yes. Yeah. I <laughs> did that in that year. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's fair enough. But I did that that year. And then after that, I got a bit like, people started kind of pushing me that, you know, you, you, could, you could become good. Because I was like, I could do toaster bar, but it was like strict toaster bar. I did pull-ups, but it was strict pull-ups. Uh, so there was no efficiency in anything of what I was doing. Mm. Though, like if you just take the time to learn the technique, um, you, you might become, you, you could do okay. And I was like, just, I'm not competing anymore. I've done the body fitness thing yeah. where I was very like, you know, measuring all my food. You had to be super strict. Now I'm going to train to be, just to be healthy and to have fun. I'm mm. not going to compete. Uh, so I just stopped going because I felt, felt a bit of like kind of pressure to continue going and to get better. And that was not why I was going at all. Uh, so I stopped actually right after the Open 2014. Just dumped it. Yeah, I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not competing. I'm going to go somewhere where people are not going to like pressure me to having to do well and push. Sorry, blah, blah, blah. so the most competitive girl in the world did not want to compete. <laughs> yeah, we went through a phase. Uh, anyways, I went back to gym. It was very boring. I realized after a couple of months that, you know what, I think I should go back to a CrossFit gym again uh, and just, you know, do the classes because it's a lot more fun. It's a lot more challenging as well. And I, I, you know, I did find it fun. And then it just kind of started with, you know, I want to be able to RX the classes. So, yeah. you know, I need to learn how to do, you know, like handstand push-ups. Mm. And then you want to be able to do bar muscle-ups. Mm -hmm. And then the open comes and there's ring muscle-ups and I could do one, but I couldn't really do them. Like, so then, okay, I need to take up the ring muscle-ups until the next yeah. open. So it's, it just started by wanting to like be able to participate and do the, do the RX. And then just one thing led to the other. And then, you know, oh, 
I made made it to regionals. Oh, maybe I can come back next year and see if I can do a bit better. Because yeah. at that time I hadn't, I wasn't training. My training wasn't very structured, so I was like, okay, I'm going to sign up to like an online training program. Just have a bit of like a plan with my training and see, you know, what can happen then. And then just one one thing led to the other, and now I'm 30 years old, and it's the only thing I'm doing. <laughs> Fast forward. Well, you didn't start until you were 22, 23 years old then. Like 24. 24. Even, I think. Wow. Now, how frustrating is that for you to have thought if I'd started earlier? Yeah, but this is the thing, though, that we didn't have CrossFit in Norway that early. We had some gyms in Oslo, mm. but this this was the first gym, CrossFit gym that opened in the town that I lived in. Okay. So... So you didn't have the chance? No, no, not really. It, it, we had Kristin Holt, obviously, that was doing it, but she, she did, when did she make Reach uh, Games first time? Was that in 15, maybe? Mm-hmm. So that's just when I started. I remember I was, yeah. was in Denmark watching that time. So CrossFit was very new in Norway, and, you know, people didn't really know about it. So I didn't know about CrossFit when I was younger. So yes, you know, I wish I would have started early, but yeah. at the same time, I wouldn't have started early because have. we didn't have it in Norway. Yeah. But again, like looking at my sports background, you know, I don't think there's any question that it would have been beneficial if I'd done gymnastics, for example, just to have that body awareness in one of the boxes to tick off. And you know, like, you know, I'm really good at my hands. I never have to work on that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Instead, I had to like, I had to learn everything. Yeah. That takes a lot of bravery as well. I think as you get older, it becomes harder to learn those new th- those new skills, doesn't it? So and when you're five years old and walking around on your hands, it's different to when you're 25 yeah, years yeah. old. You know <laughs> a bit more about hurting yourself and what it feels like yeah, to fall over. Yeah, you don't, and... exactly. Now, I remember the first time they wanted me to kick up to like a handstand against the wall and I was like, you know, I don't know what my hands, like, can I, you know, can I support my own weight? I've never mm. done it before. Um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. But yeah, when I was 24, you know, I had my ha- own house. I was working full time as a teacher, actually. Okay. Uh, you know, had a dog, had a boyfriend. Life's kind of seemed, you know, was safe and settled. The direction was kind of set and where I was going to go. Um, and now I'm just fast forward and I'm just like, <laughs> it's a very different position. And then it all changed. It all changed, yeah. Too much. <laughs> So you quit your steady teaching job. Yeah. You sold your house? Have you still got the house? No, I sold the house. And just thought, that's it, I'm going to go be an yeah, athlete. Is yeah. that the story? Is that how it happens? <laughs> uh, yeah, so at so the point, I was, I was actually about to studying to try to finish my master's degree because I got the bachelor's degree um, as an engineer and I was then going to get my master's degree. So I was kind of also studying to, to finish the master's degree. Um, yeah, back to that, like, again, I think engineering was the right decision for me, but I should have chosen a bit of a different route within engineering. Mm. Uh, There's a lot of different types of engineering, And it's hard to choose when you're 18, you know, you don't Mm. know that much. Uh, So I chose something that sounded fancy and exciting, but then the reality was quite different. And actually, I think something that sounds very boring, like mechanics, for example, I would have found a lot more interesting. Yeah. Uh, so it's just a direction within uh, engineering that I chose was was not the right for me. Uh, so I, I didn't do the master's straight away, but I wanted to go back and I was going to do the master's. Mm-hmm. But this was also when I then, you know, started competing more in CrossFit. So I was, I'd placed, would I place eighth 
at the regionals. But I was like, I made top 10 at least in Europe. And I was, you know, I was at a decent level. Yeah. And, you know, wanted to see if like, you know, can you make it to the games type thing. So I was, I was studying, but I was training more than I was studying, really. I was just... What did your family say about you doing this swift <laughs> left turn towards something else? Did they think, oh, it's Jacqueline, she'll get over it? Or were they or were they encouraging or did they... They didn't say much as such, actually. They were a bit like, well, yeah, okay. But then I th- also think they know me so well that if I set my mind to anything, there's no point in trying to change it. Okay. Uh, that's that one girl. thing yeah and then also just through I've always been very independent so I think also my dad would just kind of just trust that whatever I choose to do I will always make it if you know what I mean so I don't think he was stressed about me taking a bit of a U-turn because mm. if if it didn't work out I think he feels confident that I would always you know I would always get back on track type thing uh, so he was he was always encouraging like kind of encouraging me to just live life, experience go life a bit. It. Yeah, go Follow for it. Follow your heart. Yeah. Good. Also, well, I, think I like he, your dad. Yeah. This is good. This is good yeah. advice. No, I think because also he, um, you know, I think you obviously learn a lot through life and p- probably maybe he also regrets, you know, having kids very early. Not, I don't, I don't think he regrets having kids. All the things that you would have wanted to do hmm. uh, and not being caught in like a, you know, a nine to five job that you don't really like doing that yeah. much. Uh, so I don't think he wants that for for me or for us. So he was, he was always very like... Do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah, brother and a sister. Where mm. are you in the lineup? I'm the oldest. That brings with it so many... Everybody goes, oh, I'm the oldest. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm the oldest, oldest too. And yeah. I know exactly why you rolled yeah. your eyes. You were, the one, you were the one who got most told off when you were a kid. Yeah. That mm. everyone else got away with loads of things. And you're also really responsible. Yeah, maybe choose to think that I was not too bad as a kid but then I my teenage year we should not talk about because then I was not ooh, easy ooh, ooh. <laughs> I do feel a bit sorry for my dad during my teenage year I was not uh, uh that was quite hard work I think up until that like I was just I think they were a bit frustrated actually with uh, all the time I spent in the stables and that I didn't take time to like you know spend time with the friends I had at school mm-hmm. I just I was just in the stables with the friends I had there uh so that was something I think they kind of were a bit stressed about in a way that I like I was so into the stables and I didn't like care about anything else but other than that I think I was quite uh, I don't know easy but my dad might say something completely different well did we interview him <laughs> get him on the phone yeah once you'd started to make it to the regional competitions and you saw that you could have a career in CrossFit mm. was it a big decision to just stop working and to, and to really focus on training yeah so that's where I kind of met John and he he kind of invited me to go travel with him so I didn't stop working and sold stuff for CrossFit as such I did it to go travel and just like it's be a nomad basically mm. so I sold all my stuff I packed what I needed in the bag and we just I just left out lived out of the bag for six months you went to some cool places we did go you? to some cool places so that, that was very cool. But it's also then uh, regionals then. I think this was 2018. And that's when they divided Europe. So we yeah. all of a sudden got two. So we had the mm. Meridian and then we had the North, like the Europe or North Europe or I don't remember what they called it. Um, and that's when I missed out on the games mm. where I, because I didn't perform and I didn't basically execute. And that's when I also said to John that, um, 
I can't continue living like this because I'm never then gonna, if I want to make it to the games, we need to make some changes. Because with all the travel, you can maintain fitness, but it was very hard to improve your fitness. Mm. You're constantly making new relationships exactly. with gyms. Exactly. Finding where you want to train. Yeah. Your routine's not, it's changing all the yeah. time. It must be, I'd say it's even hard to maintain fitness. Yeah, it is hard to maintain fitness. So I was still training hard on travel. But then, you know, I didn't manage to maintain it. But then I also was a bit unlucky leading up to the regionals in 2018. I got um, got a cold and then just didn't listen to it and turn into like a bit of a chest infection. And it lasted for such a long time. Uh, but that being said, I don't think that alone necessarily kind of took the ticket away from me. It's the fact that I had that in the back of my head and then stopped believing in myself. So I didn't push it. I was kind of like, you're sick. All these other girls are health and fit healthy, fit and strong, Yeah, you know, you shouldn't make it type of thing. So I went in with the wrong, the wrong mindset and then also didn't have the buffer that maybe I could have had if I had had like consistent training. Mm. Uh, but, but, but anyways, after that, I felt, you know, I felt quite shit of not making it because that's what I wanted to do. And that's then when we, we were actually going to pack our bags and we we're going to travel the, Lat- uh, the whole of Latin America and stuff after uh, the season in 2018. But that's when I sat down and just spoke to John and said, like, you know, I can need need a base. I still want to travel, uh, like, relatively a lot, mm. but not to the extent we have been traveling. And I need, like, just one, one bed that I can, like, you know, come back to every now and then. That is my bed. And then also, like, it's just nice to have a bit of, like... Stability. S- yeah, stability. and like really important. Yeah. So that's when we ended up staying here, uh, finding a place on Mallorca. How is it in Mallorca? How do you find living here? I, I really enjoy it. It's a, it's a beautiful island. Yeah, you can do so much. Uh, just You have everything you need. Mm. And it's whilst it's small, but you have everything you need. Um, I'm definitely not taking advantage of Mallorca to the fullest because I'm training come, so much. Come hiking. Exactly. So now it's like I, I love hiking, but then on my rest days, if I go hike on my rest day, that's going to affect my training the day after. Yeah. So I, I can't really do that too much either. If I spend the whole day at the beach, like the sun is very tiring. Mm. So then that's also kind of destroying my rest day. So I'm not really doing that at the moment. You have to be very structured. Yeah. But that's one of the things I'm looking forward to. Like when I'm going to ease off a bit, then you can kind of start enjoying my yoga a lot more. Uh, but that being said, it's still a, it's an amazing place to train because yeah. you, you have the nice weather, you know, we can still, it's October and you can still swim in the sea. We've got our shorts on. Yeah, yeah, shorts and t-shirts, uh, you know, it's still summer. We have two months of the year that is quite miserable. Yeah, we do. <laughs> but other than that, I would say we're, we're very lucky. It's uh, it's an amazing place. To it's go. a great place for athletes to come to train as uh, yeah. camps as well. See, yeah. And I've seen how that has become more and more popular here mm. on the island. It's at C23 and Just, also other gyms around the islands. Mm. Like the big groups of people come, especially this time of year, they come and they train together. Mm. No, we have we had a big group, and it's kind of become a bit of like a training hub in Europe mm. in a way. I would say, oh, people come and meet up, and because you have the nice weather, yeah. Uh, so people are like further up in Scandinavia, they kind of disappear the rain, and uh, I disappear, escape the rain. It's very here. accessible as well mm. and safe. I think it's a, I'm, so, I'm very grateful to live here. It was a very smart move on our on our, half, yeah. our behalves to uh, to move here. I think because I don't miss anything. I'm a happy girl. Yeah, no, it's the only thing. It's like friends and family. Mm. You know? Yeah, yeah. I do miss friends and family, and then 
sometimes it's just like the bureaucracy of like you know, oh, how slow okay. things are here in Spain. I can't, I can't so speak about that. No, that's a different. That's a different discussion. <laughs> that's uh, annoying. Yeah. And that's yeah. That is definitely yeah. a downside. But hopefully, it doesn't affect your training too much. No, 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 not at all. So we made it to the games in 2019. Yeah, and you had a bit of a, a tough time then. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't the easiest. Uh, no, so 2019 was really that you kind of saw that the changes I made, made in 18 paid off. Yes, definitely. Um, that's the, but they changed around the structure completely. So it did kind of uh, freak me out a bit because mm. you either had to be top 20 in, in the open or you had to win the sanction event. So I was like, shit, like now you, you know, it's going to be harder to make it to the games was my thinking originally. But then, you know, as the season kind of unfolded, it did show that it was it was easier than it was before. But anyways, I remember we um, we kind of discussed a bit back and forth. And then and normally I don't tend to do that well in online competitions. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we kind of made a decision not to take open that seriously. I was only uh, obviously going to participate uh, and do my best. Um, CrossFit made a lot of changes again. Uh, we kind of thought that after they made changes the year before with splitting uh, some of the regions mm-hmm. it was just it wasn't only Europe they also made some changes in, in Latin America we kind of assumed they would keep that but then in 2019 comes the, um, Greg decides he wants to have more of like an international yeah. representation so everything changes um, and so does also like the planning of you know how to that list and also have to, to kind of adapt uh, anyways um, one of the ways was to qualify as top 20 in, in Europe or you had to win a section uh, mm-hmm. not top 20 in Europe the top 20 in the world or win a sanction event. Uh, so John and I, we did kind of talk about it. Um, we decided not to go all in on the open just because typically I don't tend to do that well when it's online. Uh, I used to do a lot better when it was like live competition. I, I used to struggle to kind of find um, the same push when it's like just in your gym. Yeah. Kind of just feel like I'm doing any workout. Yes. Uh, so we, we obviously did each of uh, like all the open workups, but it was kind of like... You know, you go in, you give it one good attempt. I did not adjust the training or anything to optimize for the open. And then all of a sudden you're in week, week four and you're like, oh shit, you're, you know, you're above the line of making the cut to top 20 in, in the world. So then obviously the last week we took it a bit more serious to just like, you know, okay, we need to give it a, the best shot we can give. I also remember going into that week, um, waiting that week because it's always a bit like nerve wracking. Uh, but it's like they hadn't had any like chest to bars and, and thrusters, which is very typical for yeah. for the open, and that would be good for me. But at the same time, they had not had any deadlifts and handsome push ups, mm. so I was like, and that would not have been as good for me. <laughs> so it was, I felt like it was really one of those like, okay, if it's chest to bar thruster workout, I feel pretty safe. You should never like take anything for granted. But then I know, you know, by by previous years that I would do okay but that deadlift handstand push-ups handstand walk combination mm-hmm. you know it's a bit more of a risk but i was lucky it was the thruster uh just the bars um, so yeah in 19 was the first time i made it to the games so i qualified as top 20 in the world uh but i also did win two sanction events that year well done uh, thank you uh but that's the, it's that last sanction event like the french throwdown that leaves a bit of like a bittersweet taste in the mouth i'd mm. say um because that's when I also then injured myself, uh, which affected the whole of the 
the rest of the season, so the affected games. I still went to the games. Uh, I think if it was, if that would have been my, you know, second or third year, I probably would have gone. But it's like, you know, it's your rookie year. You're kind of really looking forward to just mm. see what it's like to get all the, the gear. You also knew that it was going to be quite aggressive cuts. Uh, so I knew that I wouldn't have had to like push myself through the whole weekend. Uh, so actually for me and my injury, it was probably good that it was cuts mm. that year. Otherwise I would have had to withdraw anyways. And I probably would have gone because it was, it's like if you withdraw, you automatically, you know, you get to the bottom of the line. But then with the cuts, you get your spot. So the one thing I couldn't do was running. And then obviously when they announced that, was a 6K a rock run. Rock run. Oh. I was the only person that did not finish that oh. uh, run. It was quite embarrassing. Bummer. <laughs> Now we, like, can, now we can laugh. Yeah, I just remember walking around like, do not stop, do not stop. Because that's what they said to you. Like, as, as, as long as you keep trying, you know, you will get like, you didn't finish the workout. But if you stop trying, you would be eliminated. Like, eliminated and you would get like that DW next to your name. So I was like, okay, just DNF. Keep keep, yeah. I did not finish, but then well, it's WD like... WD is withdrawn. Isn't yeah. It? Yeah. Yes. And that would have gone all the way. It's like, like okay, if you just keep walking, at least you're going to be like, was it fifty something, forty something? There were a lot of girls. Yeah, I don't remember. I made, I made, I did make some cuts there. Which mm. Now and that also affected. So the twenty twenty season kind of also disappeared because of the back. I had planned on starting the competitive season like at the back end of. I was going to hit the back end of the the sanctioned events to let my my to heal up. Yeah, as much as possible. What had you done? So I do have a herniated disc and a prolapse. Which I probably have had for, you know, I don't know what, exactly when that happened. But the prolapse and the disc might have been destroyed for quite a while. But it's just something like, yeah, I, I don't know exactly when that happened. I, I did tweak my back a bit like 10 days prior to French. And John was kind of like, you know, I don't think you should do this. Mm. But I've had that before where you get that like acute lower back pain and you can't move around. Mm-hmm. But then you're just like, you know. And I was like, it's just, it's just something that happens sometimes. There's nothing wrong with my back. It's just like, yeah. I just, you know, t- or when you tweak your neck and you can't move. Yes. Uh, it so just eases off. Yeah. So I yeah. was just convincing myself, you know, there's nothing wrong It'll with you. Fine. Yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with you. Like, you know, just tweak your back, but it's just because you've got a bit of like bad movement and then your body just like goes into like SOS mode and just cramps up everything. So I just convinced myself that, you know, nothing is, nothing is wrong. Uh, but then during one of the events, was actually like 10 rounds of some like sumo deadlift typos oh, and God. shoulder to overhead. So yes. it was a lot of like flexion, extension, flexion, <laughs> extension. And something happened. I was like, uh-oh. I, I, yeah. <laughs> I finished the workout, but I was like in a lot of pain. And I just went, I remember just like kind of walking, limping out, trying not to show people that I was in pain. And just like straight up to the hotel room, called John, like something is wrong. And that was like, I couldn't do a squat, I couldn't touch the floor and it was very painful. Uh, and it was kind of like, you know, should I withdraw, should I, push but again I was like convincing myself there's nothing wrong with you it's just your back that is like acted up again mm. it's just in your brain there's actually nothing wrong so you you can keep going it's just your body is just in like cramping it's yeah. just cramped up so I managed to yeah con- convince myself and my body that you know it's it's not that bad John I also was on some painkillers I probably also helped things and then the adrenaline of coming out of the competition for so I managed to finish it but then yeah, I remember walking off the podium. No, that's not. I remember standing on the treadmill on the final event. Um, and it was 400 meter run as a buy-in. 
which you know would be sprinting a workout like mm. that. So started out at like I don't know, like eighteen kilometers because you kind of sprint yeah. start as a runner, and then I finish off at six k an hour. Oh, <laughs> I was like, I was looking at the monitors like I don't have any like power in my hamstring, like I can't move the the belt, and that's when I was like, uh oh, something yeah. is actually wrong. Uh, and I actually have a photo of this where I'm I'm on the uh, the true like the the salt runner smiling. Because at that point, I had enough points. I thought, it turned out, they actually changed the point system for the final workout. I didn't know about this. It was pretty good I didn't know about. Because uh, I thought I was safe. So no matter how yeah, I did in the final, you're gonna be I was going to win. Yeah. Uh, but then they did change and you could all of a sudden get double points, which I didn't know about. So I wasn't actually safe, but I did enough anyways to win. So that was good. Uh, but that's when I realized that, like, oh, you know, I don't think, I don't think it was just in my mind. No. So and that was a lot of pain. How long did it take you to recover from that injury in Tarsus? More than a year? No, I wouldn't say it took more than a year. So, but I injured the, the nerve or like the nerve root. Mm. And what I've now realized is that it takes a really long time for nerves to heal and to recover. Yeah. And I think I've also been lucky that it did recover. It's not given that it does recover. Um, so I did compete in Norway in February 2020. I do think I had recovered at that point, but I hadn't trained long enough to be in shape at that point, if you know mm. what I mean. So I do think at that point my my injury was healed, but then I had been going for more than half a year of not being able to work my hamstrings and my calf and the, the musculature in the left leg properly. So it took a long time to rebuild, rebuild and get things into balance. And you can still see now that I am not... I am still offloading my left leg and using my right side. You're favoring it. Yeah. So that is yeah. after the injury. There are some small things so you can still see that I'm like... How are you fixing that? Just trying to... I can do it when I'm squatting, for example. Then I can... Then I'm very good. Like just paying attention to keeping the same pressure on both feet. Mm. But it's when I'm doing cleans in the catch, I would I would turn around a bit. So it's... Um, now I'm going to do uh, Madrid in... I don't know. Like Next nine weeks. Yeah, and then Rogue, if if we get the knee out through, uh, also Rogue then in, in three weeks. Yeah. Uh, but then after that, I will probably go back to kind of rebuilding even more and then doing a lot of bolted um, weightlifting work where mm. I don't move my feet just to make sure that I'm I'm staying put and I'm staying in the position. So I'm not allowed the left foot. So just basically forcing the left foot to do, do more work. But that will mean that I would have to back off the weights a bit for period and then just... Good luck with that. I <laughs> think uh, it takes such a lot of patience and belief it in yourself when you've got an injury like yeah. that to keep going. Did it, were there points in in the last in, in that period where you were like, "This is it, I'm done"? Or yeah, did you I, I was. No, I, I was. I was quite depressed. I don't think I've been depressed before, and I think it's very hard to see that you're depressed when you are depressed. But I think looking yeah. back, it's easy to realize, like, okay, your rations very low. So when um covid basically happened and the pandemic started mm. and it was locked down and i realized that you know i'm not going to have any 2020 season i was very down at that point because you know i'm turning 30 this year i do know there's like i'm kind of like my prime years and to lose a whole year like that like it was it was very rough um and I know Gabby had just moved over, so they made it even clearer that what I was missing out on, having mm-hmm. her then all the time, you know, like training for the season. Because uh, she then made top 20, because they then decided that they were just going to cut the season. They didn't actually get 
they didn't give the other sanction events that were supposed to happen. Mm. They just didn't happen. And then they just gave the tickets to the ones that had qualified yeah. already. Didn't really care about the ones that are kind of planned for later in the season. Which, you know, I still believe that they could have done, if anything, just do like, you know, one online competition where like top three or even just top one mm. could also get a games ticket yeah. just to prove that, you know. To give everybody a chance. Yeah, to just give the others like a chance that, you know, okay, I'm actually in really good shape. I just haven't planned it like this. So that was very rough. And I had some points there, like what's even, you know, why am I doing this? Um, but I don't think I was, I think a lot of people struggled during the pandemic of, oh, yeah. of different reasons. Friends that paused their studies for a year to go mm. all in. And then the pandemic happened and they, they were going to really pursue the athlete career for one year, but then they have to go back studying thereafter. So they arguably would lose, lost even more than what I did. But it was rough. I think, I think the pandemic has been rough on most of us <laughs> in some way, shape or form. No? I wanted to ask you about training as a woman yeah. because I know that over the last few years more and more women have realized and paid attention to things like training around their cycle mm. and how their hormones affect them at different points in the month and I wondered if you had any viewpoint on that and if you and if you actually did that so it's, it's interesting you should uh, should ask so actually um what happens when you get in injuries is that well it's it's a lot of like psychological as well so like when you get them what do you call it when injury is permanent? Chronic. Chronic, thank you. So when you get chronic back pain and stuff like that, a lot of that is also connected to the mental part of the yes. rehab of the back injury. Mm. And then that you just get so scared and you never trust it. Uh, so my back now after uh, the injury is probably, it's still a bit sensitized. And I don't know if I can ever, just because you've when you've had a back injury, you're, you're more prone to get back pain like after again. And it's interesting because every time I now will have kind of like a relapse, if that's the right word to say, like I would get the the, the kind of chronic back pain again. It, it would always happen the week leading up to my period. So I think it's um, it's probably something to do because you kind of have your um, your pain threshold, and then things just like stress, stress at home, you know, mm. bad nutrition, bad sleep could lower your your pain thres- threshold. So things that normally don't hurt all of a sudden hurts a lot and it can turn into a big thing. So for some reason, when I'm leading up to my period, I must have, well, it is shown as well that you do have more inflammation in the body during, uh, like, leading up to the mm-hmm. period. So my pain threshold does go down a bit. Okay. So leading, um, so I know, so in phase four, like we kind of call it, but like leading the days prior, like before the period, I just know that I'm, I'm more prone to injuries. So I get, I'm just more aware of my nutrition, just make sure I eat eat well I try to add in even a bit more sleep if I can uh, and then I'm just more aware of my lifting so I won't go to my true one RMs because it's, it's in the, the snatches and, and clean and jerks where it's very uh, dynamic mm. that I can't catch a bit wrong and you know I can tweak something so I would still push um, movements like the squat or like bench and strict press because it's very controlled yeah uh, but I, I always keep it very technical in the weightlifting uh, just that period just because I know that yeah. I'm not as uh, strong if you can say it like that or yeah strong as such but I'm just more prone uh, and things just affect me more vulnerable to injury yeah. it's yeah. um it's uh, it's become like a really big subject in mm. the last couple of years and it's I think it's I think more and more women as well are paying attention to it mm. so it's it's interesting to share what how everybody's different I think people might find some different 
their period as well. It's actually, it's... Um, uh, for me, it's like the, the days leading up to and then like the first day of my period, I do feel a bit uh, worse. I'm really working on on improving that now. Mm. And I was working on that last year as well. Unfortunately, I did... Um, games ended up being at my worst worst time, uh, which is quite frustrating. That is you, frustrating. Yeah, because you don't... But then, you know, it's it's not an excuse either. It's just how it is. So you can't... Mm. Uh, it's just how it is being a, a woman. But I just need to find a way where that doesn't affect me as much because I'm putting so much time and effort into something. Mm. Uh, and at the end of the day, it's kind of like you're crossing your fingers, hoping you'll end on a good time in your cycle. Uh, but I, for me, it's like... I have like three days where I feel quite shit and then the week after or the back end of my period and then the week after I'm like superhuman. You're like bionic. Yeah. Well, feel. But then you <laughs> feel very good compared to how you yeah. did before and I would, that's when I would hit PRs for example and yeah. So you do, it does, if you pay attention to it, you yeah. can really like train after your cycle. So do you, do you, um, do you keep a record of it now then? Is it like something yeah. that you habitually do every day? Like my write, period. You write down, you know, how, about so how do you cap well, feelings or how you're how you feeling in your body? I would I, I just have an app that I I track my period on, uh, and then I would if there's something off, kind of I would like just okay t- yeah. today note it down. Yeah, like I have stomach pain or today I was very fatigued, just to see if there's uh, a pattern. Pattern, yeah, because you know it can can be the hormones, but mm. it can also be that I you know just trained very hard that week, so it's very hard to. To know exactly. You said that so you take more attention. You pay more attention to your nutrition. Yeah. What kind of things would you might put into your diet those days leading up to your period? Um, I, I always have an extra evening snack, and that's often like Greek yogurt with just like berries and granola, just to get in some extra. Uh, and other than that, it's just I can be a bit like lazy sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> just with with what I eat, I, f- I find the eating part of being an athlete quite tiring. And for me, that's part of like the hardest thing. Cake, yeah. darling, cake. Yeah, exactly. So, so I would eat, you know, I would eat cake and, and buns and We've stuff done like very that. Well, though. Yeah, but I'm trying during that period when no, that inflammation in the body is already higher. Mm-hmm. I try not to 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 go to like the sugary solutions yeah. unless it's just after training. So I just try to like have be even stricter with the quality of the food mm. uh, to try to keep the inflammation a bit lower. I'd really like to talk to you about the games, but we're going to run out of time. Yeah. So let's talk about the games another day. Yeah. Um, coming up, you've got Madrid yes. and Rogue. Yeah, well. And Rogue, obviously, is down to whether or not you can get in the country. Yep. So you and Gabby are, are waiting for the Homeland Security email, I suppose, again. Yes. Is that how it works? Yeah, so I did actually, interestingly enough, wake up today from like a, an email from like the, the government in the US or like the G. BP something where you have to uh, apply to your uh, for your visas yeah yeah where I was like there's been an update to your ESTA so something is happening back because I have not done anything the wheels are turning yeah yeah. so something is happening now I did for a second start freaking out like shit it's like through all of this have they cancelled my my ESTA oh no so I did go in and saw and I still had like approved uh, ESTA but something is happening at the back end now um, I think so fingers crossed we'll see and uh after you've done Rogue, what's the what's the plan after that? You're doing you're going to work on a bit more on the back, and are you going to be hitting the uh, 2022 season? I also got I'm also going to do Dubai, so it's going oh, in, yeah. Come on, yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to do Dubai as well, and that's where I'm going to put the line. So I'm not going to do any other off off season competitions. Um, we we're going to I'm going to do Dubai, but I won't. 
uh, train for Dubai as such, if mm. that makes sense. Um, seeing that the games there, is, it's more important for me to keep my gymnastics and conditioning uh, on point. But if I think bigger picture and looking at how games went this year, it's really important that I should get my numbers and get a bit stronger. So now for a period, I might have to sacrifice some conditioning and gymnastics to just really push the numbers. Mm-hmm. So that will be the goal for the off-season now, to just you know, just get more comfortable with cycling a heavier barbell. Basically. So 2022 season is on. Yes, it is on. Come on, <laughs> let's go. Uh, Brilliant. Do you think it was okay? Yeah, happy birthday. Thank you. And enjoy your Bye. cake. Thanks, Jacqueline. I didn't get the chance to talk to you about your games experience this year or your tradition of plaiting your hair into Norwegian battle braids, but I'm sure we'll see those in full swing this weekend. Stay tuned for an insight into behind the scenes at Rogue with my next interview coming up soon. In the meantime, thanks for listening and bye-bye. Don't miss the next episode. Subscribe now wherever you get your podcasts. Europe is Coming is a programme production and hosted by Vicky McLeod.